guys, welcome back to Crime Connect. It is July 23rd and this is your weekly update. I'm Crystal and I'm here today with Jerusha. Hello. And we have some pretty good stuff this week to get into. Um, how are you today, Jerusha? <sighs> <laughs> it's been a long, a long day and it was a long day yesterday, but I think I'm going to be all right. I'm just, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I'm kind of like, you know, there's stuff that are, it's going on right now, and I'm, you know, you just got to be an adult and yeah, push, push forward, so. Well, hopefully you get some good rest tonight and some of that calms down. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm pretty good. I'm having a hard time with the puppy because <laughs> he's an asshole <laughs> what did he do besides be not like being told no yeah what, what what did he do basically that but like all day he really doesn't like when i tell him no he's realized what no is mm -hmm. and he's a bloodhound so he's very vocal and mm -hmm. I showed you the video earlier. I mean, he yelled at me for like two minutes, barking and oh howling at me for telling him no and not to chew on the couch. He was very upset. <laughs> and he just kept... Was he licking the couch? He was chewing the couch before I started filming. And I had told him no before that. And so I started filming when I realized he wasn't going to oh, stop geez. yelling at me. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's just like that all day long. But Maybe now. You come up with a new word. Like with my kids, it was like. Eh. Yeah, I do that too. And that gets him to stop really quick. But he also doesn't like that either. So yeah. I've been trying to like distract him with his toys. But he doesn't seem to like his toys. I don't know. He gets, like, bored with what? them. No more squirrels? Yeah. Yeah, like, he likes the squirrels the best, though. But, um, I don't know. He has a short attention span. He's very difficult. A very difficult puppy. And I've had multiple puppies. And he's by far probably the most difficult so far. And he does this thing where... Oh, it was just really big thunder. Did you hear it? Yeah. Was that was that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe a chair was getting scooted across the floor or something. It it was wow. It was like a bomb. That um, was loud. Yeah. Uh, so he does this thing where he stands in front of, like he puts himself in front of you and he just stops and then he like leans against you, like tries to push you back. Um. So he tries to like to force you in one direction or to stop you from going in another direction, that sort of thing. It's a pain in the mm. ass. Bloodhounds, they tend to be very hard-headed dogs. Yes. So. And I read about this, and so I was prepared, you know, like for him to be stubborn and difficult, and I was like, oh, you know, I've had dogs. I'm a good dog trainer, that sort of thing. No. He's so much more. <laughs> but he's spending more time outside now on his own, like, because he wants to be, not because we force him out. He comes in and out when he wants. Mm -hmm. And it's helped, I think. He likes to be out. Good. 
So let's get into this. Um, last mm-hmm. week, we had so much to talk about that we didn't really talk about the new developments in the Jennifer Fulford case. Not Jennifer Fulford. I don't know why I keep writing that. The Jennifer Dulos case. Yeah. Yes. Um, and if you guys don't remember this case, um, this is the missing mother of five. She went missing May 24th. Her husband and his girlfriend have been charged with um, tampering with evidence and hindering an investigation. So last week it came out that the defense team of her husband, Fotis Dulos, Mm -hmm. has hired a private investigator, which is common. This uh, most defense uh, defense teams, I guess, in big cases, will hire their own PIs to kind of investigate on their own. Um, mm-hmm. But the PI they hired is Patrick McKenna, and he's known for being a PI in the O.J. Simpson case, and mm-hmm. also most recently being a PI in the Casey Anthony case. Yep working for the defense and not only that not only did he work on that case but Casey actually lived with him and may still live with him I'm not sure I tried to see if she still lives with him but I mean up until like I think a year ago was living with him yeah um, I think that was when she was just starting to get back in, or she was just starting to date again or something yeah I remember reading something and online about And she worked at his her. office for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She probably yeah. still does, honestly. I don't know, but... Well, whatever she can do to keep out of the limelight. She can stay away from me. <laughs> so, when I was um, writing my notes, there was a good question in one of the articles about this, is that who is paying for him? Because he can't be mm-hmm. cheap. And we already know that it took Photos Dulos 10 days to post his bond. And he ended up paying a little over $37,000, I think it was, um, or $35,000. So who's paying for the PI if he really can't afford even his bond? That sort of thing. Right. He can't, he can't ask his ex-mother-in-law for any more money. Right. And, and people are pouring, uh, pulling away from him, you know, investors mm-hmm. and his partners and stuff. So, But we do know his girlfriend has money. And I know that the girlfriend says she doesn't want anything to do with him and they have this no contact order. But it still seems sketchy to me. I don't know. I, I'm still not sold on it. I don't know why. Well, Fotis Dulos is getting a dream team. He's got mm-hmm. Norm Pattis. He's got... What's what's the PI's name? Patrick McKenna. Now? Yeah, Patrick McKenna. So he's he's building his own little dream team. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that's that's the issue for me. I think this is where I see there's a line that's actually being drawn uh where Michelle's um you know, where where Michelle is now. She's cooperating with the police. She's not going against those orders. You know, her bracelet didn't work, so she came back. Um, you know, I don't think she would put forth any money to support Fotis in this at all now. I, I think that 
she wants to be as rid of him as possible and just move on with her life whatever her life is going to be like after this is all over and we know what you know what the actual tampering charge and hindering the the investigation charge ends up becoming yeah i really i really hope not i mean i hope not that she's not giving him money or they didn't set aside money in like a secret account for this type of thing i'm really curious to see where um he's getting the money to pay for all this well i'm assuming that he's making he he's a confident man he's probably got <laughs> people still that are backing him up somehow mm-hmm. and are probably helping him somehow. probably the i Greek, don't believe uh, ski team <laughs> fancy pants yeah yeah um I just, he obviously has, has people on his side yeah. that want to help him, so. They always do. I don't know why. Not this time. So, last Wednesday, they also filed some motions, the defense did, and they're trying mm-hmm. to get Jennifer's medical records. Specifically, um, in the beginning of this year, she had some medical testing done. It costs something like $14,000 worth of testing and stuff. And they want to get the Mm -hmm. diagnosis and treatment plans of whatever she had done because they're again saying that their theory is that whatever she learned in that testing, she got scared that she wasn't going to be able to raise her kids alone and like something was going to happen to her and maybe something terminal. And so she has framed photos so that he can't get the kids even when she's gone and here i am i'm just gonna say it there's absolutely no way no absolutely no way i think that she would have turned to her parent her mother Mm -hmm. her to gloria and said mom this is what's happening and she would have been fighting even harder because if an attorney knows that if, if her attorney knew that there was something wrong, then they would use that in the case as well mm-hmm. uh, in the proceedings to come. And because they, your, med- your medical cannot be held against you. Right. She was taking care of the children. There was nothing showing that she was ta- wasn't being a good mother. She was doing everything that she was supposed to do. She was abiding by the court orders, everything. So there was, n- to me, I just... there. That's just another one of those damn gone girl theories. Yep. He's just trying to come up with something that that puts the the limelight out of his like n- nobody nobody look at Fotis. Fotis didn't mm-hmm. do it, you know. And mind you, th- something a lot of people in our group have said is that he has made no plea for the mother of his children mm-hmm. to come back or to whoever yeah. harmed her to come forward or I mean nothing. No plea, which I mean, it's kind of telling because you're just kind of resigned to the fact that she's not coming back because you know she's not coming back. Because the first thing he did, right? The first thing he did is he went to go see his kids. Mm -hmm. Why not make a plea to the public? Mm -hmm. Why not say, you know what, my, you know, we may be going like, I mean, he quote-unquote said something similar along the lines of the fact that this is the mother of my children you know put the effort out there mm-hmm. that they're you're looking 
for the mother of your children yep. and the, and stop trashing her name. And if you think that Period. she's framed you and she's out there somewhere, why not put out the information? If you see this woman, call this number. Right. Where's your tip line for people to call and let you know that they've seen her? You know what I mean? It's kind of like a half-assed accusation. If you want to really do it, go all out and do it. But they're not because they know. They know exactly yep. what happened. Yeah. So that's our Jennifer Dulos case. And you can find all of this information in our Jennifer Dulos group on Crime Connect. Go to our page on Facebook. All of our groups are in the group tab. And everything is there. And we have a great group of people who are really invested in the case. I really like that group. Yeah, it's a pretty good group. It is, it is a good group. So... Last week, we talked about Barbara Thomas. She was one of our hikers who was still missing um, in the Mojave Desert in California. We don't have a ton of information, but right after we recorded that episode, the husband actually did an interview and said some really interesting things. Um, And I want to go ahead and play some of that. The husband claims now that... I mean, his story hasn't changed, but he says he has done a polygraph and that the police have actually told him that he was deceptive in his polygraph. And in his own words, he's the prime suspect. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, The police haven't really said a lot publicly, but they have said that there's no indication of an abduction, which we talked about last week. Um, Yep. She had been walking with a beer can or a, a cup with beer in it. That hasn't been found. There's no sign of a struggle. Um, her hat, nothing. You know, because you would assume if she was crossing that road and somebody grabbed her, she may have dropped something. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's nothing. Yeah. Well, and truthfully, I'm really not surprised in that area. and I'm not... I mean, I'm not like psychic or anything. I'll never claim to be, but I'm not getting a good feeling about, you know, this case um, and where we're going with it and where where, where the story is going. Just, it's, I'm not saying that the husband is involved, but something is very, very off. Yeah. Something is wrong. These cases always, I can never actually like come to a decision on these cases because it is so easy to get lost. You know, it happens Mm -hmm. to so many people. So I was reading an article about search and rescue dogs in the desert. And Mm -hmm. it's actually really, really, really difficult for them in the desert. I need to find that article again and post it in the vault. To do the the actual, like, uh, search work? Yeah. Like, well, not, not like physically demanding, but to get a good trail is really difficult for them yeah yeah the the scent yes and also i mean it has mm-hmm. been shoot almost triple digits so it's, it's been so yeah. hot you have to imagine they can only work very little you know and they've called off the That's- search now we do know that she was there because the husband does have photographs of her there and they are time stamped mm-hmm. Are they time stamped by, like, say, his device, or are they time stamped by, say, like a smartphone or something? Um, I'm not sure. Like, 
Because I know, I, I'm a photographer, I know that date. I can change yeah. the time and the date on my computer, or on my phone, or I'm sorry, on my camera, yeah. to make it read whatever date I want it to read. If I want, I, I hate it, that it bugs the crap out of me when I see the little timestamp on there, <sighs> so it's never on. But I, I know that I can go and I and I can correct it and I can change it to anything I All want. All I, I remember it, so. is um, WebSleuth, the website WebSleuth, has um, a couple of really good threads on this case. And there are, I think, two verified family members. And okay. one of them said that, that they know she was there because there were timestamps. So, okay. That's all I can So they're backing, they're backing the husband still, even though he, sa- he says that he believes not necessarily um i'm not sure i I wouldn't say yes or no because i'm not 100 percent sure i just i know that they're sure that she was there now whether something happened there i don't know and when that other hiker was missing last week in the other area cheryl Cheryl, yeah and i remember looking up in that area and there were mines in that area and i'm wondering now if there are mines where Barbara's missing because I can't get it out of my head how easy it would be to go on a walk with your wife and push her down a mine and just walk away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, well, just from my experience from, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking Mojave desert here yeah, and, and I don't have a map open for me or anything like that, but I can't tell you the stories that I've heard about when, I mean, I lived in Nevada for a little while and the stories are like, you go into those mountains, you might not come out. Yeah. And that was pretty much, that's pretty much like what every, what everybody always told me, don't go by yourself. If you go into those mountains, you're not coming out. Yeah. It's scary. scary. I mean, the heat alone, she had no water. Then you have to think about right. the fact that there are things like rattlesnakes there's mm-hmm. um you know i don't know rocks and canyons and crevices that you could fall into possibly mines i don't know i don't and then also we've got the good old fashioned somebody saw her on the freeway yeah you know we just at this point we don't know anything on on it's barbara's so case odd. at all it's so odd to me but um let me play this clip because there are some people who have seen it and think that it's kind of like 50 50 some people think that he's just kind of eccentric and um he comes off as as trustworthy and telling the truth and there are a lot of people who say it's very odd that he's showing very little emotion and that he looks like he's lying completely so this mm-hmm. is going to be posted in the vault on our thread on her, but I'm going to play some of it now in case you haven't seen it. Barbara Thomas had no supplies, not even a cell phone. When her husband says they became separated six days ago in the Mojave Desert, 100 miles outside Las Vegas. Her husband, Robert, believes she was abducted, and today he issued this desperate plea. I would just beg that they would... Uh... Release her, no questions asked. I just want her. Robert Thomas says he and his wife went out for a two-mile hike. As they were returning to their RV, he says he stopped to take a photo, and his wife walked on ahead. 
He says he saw her rounding a corner. Then she vanished. He says he was shocked to find she wasn't at the RV when he got there. I hollered her name and I waved my arms and I looked around the area and I saw that she wasn't anywhere around. She didn't respond. Then I got very panicky. Barbara was carrying a can of beer but no water which would make the chances of surviving the desert heat unlikely. He believes someone took her when she was crossing the road to go from the hiking trail to their camper. I feel that uh, somebody picked her up uh, because she was wearing a bikini, she had a beer in her hand, and she was ahead of me, and she had to cross that road. Her stepdaughter, Tracy. It's possible that someone picked her up from the road, but they've had helicopters and dogs and people on foot and found nothing. So it's, it's the only thing that makes sense. But police aren't so sure. The police consider me the prime suspect because it was just the two of us. Did police administer a polygraph, sir? Yes, I took a polygraph test. They told me that I was being deceptive. Now, I know that polygraphs aren't 100%, and I had not had any sleep. Did you have anything to do with your wife's disappearance? Absolutely not. Robert showed us the love notes he says his wife leaves for him under his pillow. She is the love of my life. Come home. We're missing you. God, I feel, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I feel really bad for the guy. It sounds like he's like, I don't know. I do too. Like, it sounds I like just see a sad, grieving man who is confused about where his wife is. And it's not that hard to fail a polygraph. No. And it's not that hard to pass one either. I mean, that's why they're inadmissible. Mm. They're inadmissible for a reason. And I mean, they're great for an investigation if it works. But sometimes they just, they're not going to work. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a, any which way to swing in this one. I mean, that's how I, I, just, I feel. I'm, I'm lost. Me too. Uh, yeah like i said it's very easy for people to get lost anywhere in the desert in the woods in the blink of an eye and they fall and they're just not found for sometimes years right so i can't rule that out but i also don't think he did anything i would be so surprised if if that's what happened i would be shocked yeah um yeah, so I think this weekend it'll be two weeks that she's been missing. So 14 days, and we're talking Mojave Desert. We're talking hot days and very cold nights. No water. Yeah. And no water. Beer is not going to keep you hydrated. And so unless she's as – she, come on, come in. Uh, unless uh, she was – she's as smart as Cheryl – and drinking uh, the stagnant water and, and the dry yeah. or but the even then, I think in those conditions, there's probably not any stagnant water. Yeah. And I, I feel like so the cactus fruit can't save you from the sun. You know what I mean? Right. So she if would, she got lost, she have to have shelter I don't. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very sad. So we'll keep in eye on that case um i read up on it every single morning to see if there's anything new and like i said we have the thread in the vault so speaking of groups if you have not joined our court tv group and you're interested in that stuff please take a look 
it's not a crazy group. It's it's really not. It doesn't move very fast or anything. But it's a very mellow we, group. It's very mellow, which I love. Mm-hmm. And the people there are really um, into the cases. So if you're wanting to learn how the court system works, it's I think it's a great place <coughs> to learn because you see it as it happens. We started the Grant Motto trial today. We talked about this last week. And he's accused of killing his parents and his brother after oh. yeah, sending $200,000 to some Bulgarian cam girl. And he got so, caught and that's one of those e- was it an email scam or did he uh... No, it w- it was like um like a cam girl that he had like a relationship with, but like a paid relationship with, you know what I mean? And he was obsessed with her. And over time, he had stolen from the family two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Sent it to her, and they were they cut him off. They're like, "No more! You can't use the internet in our house. You can't." Um, I think he couldn't use his phone. He had a curfew, that sort of thing, because they felt like he had an obsession and an addiction to this girl. And now he's stealing thousands of dollars from them. Well, he went against them and was talking to her still mm-hmm. and they said he had to move out <coughs> and when they said he had to move out he got mad allegedly and killed them i, I don't know why but it kind of just from a, a little bit not a lot but some of this kind of mirrors the menendez brothers it's all about the money yeah. and, and getting cut off of the money and you know yep. I'm I, I'm curious as to um, what will come out in trial. I'm sure they'll try to use some kind of abuse um, technique or t- you know tactics, I mean, saying that there was abuse in the home, and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. So they had opening statements today, and they had their first few witnesses. Um, we didn't learn a lot, but we did learn that basically what they're alleging is that he killed each one of the three as they came home and they all came home separately. So they all have like different times of death. And then after he killed them, he dragged them in the house to position them to make it look like a murder suicide where his dad killed them and then killed himself. And he planted um, gun casings to make it look like that. He put a holster on his father to make it look like he had been carrying the gun. Mm-hmm. But there was blood under the holster, so they knew it had been put there after he was shot. Yeah. Um, there's no sign of forced entry into the house as if somebody broke in. Everything was locked up. And there's still a lot more to come out, but the defense is banking on the fact that apparently there's no DNA evidence. There's nothing that actually ties... Grant's motto, DNA-wise, to killing his family. So we'll see. And this isn't a teenager we're talking about, by the way. <laughs> this is like a grown man who was obsessed, living with his parents, obsessed with this girl in Bulgaria, and then killed his family. Oh, how old are we talking? 23, 30? I think closer to 30. Really? Oh. I don't have an exact age, but yeah, like when I say grown, I mean like grown man. Yeah. 
Um, he does have another brother who I don't think lived in the home, and so he wasn't killed. Mm-hmm. And I do think they plan to put him on the stand, so we'll see. That'll be hard. I mean, yeah. Gosh. But it's an interesting case. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you're not in that group, it's available to you. Um, we did make a new group. I woke up at like four this morning and made this group. Um, I don't know why. If you haven't heard of, um, Ali Costal. Costal. Are you sure? Because I've, I've watched a few videos and they all said Costal. Because I've been watching a few too and I was trying to... I even went to one of those um, Say My Name sites. Yeah. Costial's not in there, but they're they're all saying Alexandria Costial. Interesting. I don't know. So I guess we'll see. It's either Costal or it's Costial. Well, Allie. Yeah, there um, we go. Stick it with Allie. <laughs> Um, Allie is a 21-year-old college student at Ole Miss, and July 20th, which was Saturday morning around 10 a.m., an officer was doing a routine patrol in Harmontown, Mississippi, nearby a lake called Sardis Lake, and on that routine patrol discovered a body and there was clear evidence of a homicide, and it was identified as 21-year-old Allie. Mm-hmm. She was last seen at a bar in Oxford the night before. This is about, Oxford is where the school is. Where she was found, it's about 20 miles away. All right. She was seen on a camera at a bar, but outside the bar. She didn't actually go in the bar. She went home around midnight, and for some reason, at some point, she left. And we don't know why, we don't know when, because our roommates didn't even know that she had left. Right. Um, this came out, what I want to say, Sunday we learned that she was found. I don't think she was ever reported missing. So we just learned that a body was found and it was the student. At some point today, we found out that she was shot eight times. Mm -hmm. Which, as everybody knows who follows these cases, eight times is a lot. It's aggressive. um, It's personal. And when it's something so aggressive, it's personal. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... Immediately, I think all of us were, I mean, just the fact that she left her apartment and then she was shot eight times. Obviously, it's some sort of person she knew and something went wrong there. So what we found out today is that yesterday on July 22nd, Brandon Thiesfeld. Thiesfeld. Thiesfeld, yeah, Thiesfeld. 22-year-old Brandon Thiesfeld was arrested um, around 2 o'clock yesterday. 
He's a marketing student at Ole Miss. He was um, found in Memphis, Tennessee. They had been tracking his um, credit card and phone. Mm -hmm. Found him in Memphis, brought him back to Mississippi where they arrested him. When they found him, he had some blood on his clothes. Yep. And he had a weapon with him. Which they believe to be the weapon, I believe. Was it you that said it was a gas station that he was found at? Yeah, he was found at a gas station buying uh, beverages and gas. Mm -hmm. And he was in his truck. There's a lot of rumors right now. Yeah, in his truck. And. Yeah, one of the rumors is that he was arrested at an airport. Not true. Yeah, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, officials say, and I believe this is printed in an article now, that he was found at a gas station. That's where I read it. Was in, in I think mm-hmm. it was in um, one of the more recent ones that I read today. I, I took a couple screenshots today uh, so for my notes, but I'm not reading that exact part okay Hmm. i think i i posted an article where it said it um we know now that he was actually seen on surveillance camera with Allie. oh i didn't she was murdered Mm -hmm. i read it just before we started recording um yeah so they were seen together on a surveillance near the lake so definitely the last person she was with was oh, him. Oh, jeez. Yep. And you combine that with the blood on his clothes, having a weapon, for some reason being all the way in Tennessee. I think we're pretty confident that they got their guy. But I do look forward to more information coming out about that because there's a lot of rumors right now that she had a relationship with him. There's some rumors that they knew each other but didn't have a relationship. I know there's pictures of them together. There are rumors that she thought she was pregnant. So many rumors. Um, one thing that I do know uh, that's come up is that he does have a misdemeanor charge of possession of alcohol by a person under the mm. age of 21. But that was prob- most likely going to be uh, stricken from his record. Now it's not going to make a difference. He does have a love for guns. Um, mm-hmm. He... As part of the ROTC program at San Marcos Academy, where he went to school uh, for three and a half years, and before he started at U- University of Mississippi or Ole Miss, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, and then there's the pictures of him and his father, um, yes. you know, at a shooting range. So he does he does have he he understands guns. He's comfortable with guns. So. Now, his father is maintaining that he knows his son is innocent. Mm. I don't... We have a lot of information on the father in the group. I don't want to get into that here. Yeah, I know. I I don't think his word is um, credible. No, I think I think he's... Uh, he's just a, a, a guy with a bad temper. And I think mainly the son learns from the father. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know more about that, you can Google the Thiesfeld, fam- Thiesfeld family and you can find out more about the doctor. Mm-hmm. And you can join our group. Yep, you can do that too. 
The group is called Ali Costal Murder in Case Discussion by Crime Connect. And it's, again, you could find this if you just go to our Crime Connect page in the groups tab. It is there. Mm-hmm. So we'll be keeping an eye on that one. And as always, we follow these cases through the trial phase. Wherever it goes in the court system, we're going to stick with it. Yep. Now, have you heard of the Canadian Highway Murders? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. The I... two, the 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 um the two the couple, right? Yes. Okay. We don't have a group on it. We <laughs> <No>. should. <laughs> but we don't. Well, if if um... we're talking about a stretch and we'll talk more about it in a little while but we're talking yep. about a stretch of highway that is quite well known for for this type of stuff so yeah so this is a weird case and it has some twists on July 15th on highway 97 in British Columbia Canada The bodies of 23-year-old Lucas Fowler and 24-year-old China Deese were found shot to death. The two were on a road trip to Alaska. China's American and Lucas is Australian. And his dad is actually a A police inspector. uh, inspector, Yes. Mm -hmm. And they have some CCTV video of the two before they were killed at a gas station and they just looked so in love. Um, I've seen pictures. They look like a very adventurous couple who are just really loving life and having a good time driving to Alaska. Their car had broken down. It was a van. Their van had broken down. Um, Some people had stopped to help them and and they said it was flooded and they were just going to kind of wait and, see if they could fix it so those people left them alone um and then they were found shot to death on that was july 15th so on july 19th the police had responded to a burning truck and while they were dealing with the burning truck and noticing that it had no occupants they were made aware by the citizen of another body nearby and the body was at a rest stop. And that body is still unidentified. We still don't know if it was a homicide or not. Mm-hmm. But the truck belonged to two teenagers, an 18 and a 19-year-old, who were then declared missing because those teenagers were also kind of on a road trip. And this is in the same vicinity of the murders of... Uh, Lucas Fowler and China Deese around the same kind of time. So the family of these two teenagers said that they were unsatisfied with their jobs at home and they were on a road trip to find better jobs and that they're good kids, just two kids on an adventure. And they're not necessarily kids and we're calling them teenagers because they are in their teens. But, you know, we're talking 19 19 and 18 years old. So. Yes. Um, their names, let's see, are Cam McLeod. Yep, 
Hamikon and Briar Schmegelski. 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 So Cam and Briar are now missing, and we have three bodies. Sure, take the easy route. Just take, just do the first name. (laughs) I like first names. (laughs) Um, The only lead we had in this case was that the night before Lucas and China were killed, Lucas was seen arguing with a bearded man, and they put out a sketch about. Yeah, and they put out a sketch of this man. Um, hoping for some leads. And, I mean, freaking huge mystery, you know? And Mm -hmm. there's apparently a lot of murders, not just on this highway, but in this area. Um, People going to Alaska. A lot of weird stuff happens. But today, yes. Oh, I was going to say, people might might, um, recognize what what, uh, road we're talking about. It's the infamous Highway 16, uh, it's called the Highway of Tears. Um, yeah. and- well, actually, I think originally it was um, said to be that highway, but it's actually not. It's not? No, because hmm. when I, I looked, I tried to figure this out today, and they're saying it was Highway 97 is where Lucas and China were found, and then the truck was found on Highway 37. Okay, yeah, the Highway 37, I'm seeing that here. I'm not seeing anything about China and... Chi- I'm, I'm not seeing anything on the van. So you might be right, but... Um, but th- it... But is the it same the same area? area? Right, yeah, right, okay. it's the same area. Um, and the the other highway is goes to Alaska, too, I think. So, mm-hmm. same area. Um, today, the police have now confirmed that the two missing teenagers are actually suspects now in the murders of Lucas Fowler and China Dees. I'm, I'm just seeing something that was updated today. Uh, Mm -hmm. looks like it was updated 45 minutes ago. They're now saying the teens are considered suspects in three BC deaths. Okay, so maybe that third body. It could be. Yeah. So, because they're not, they don't believe they're actually in British Columbia anymore. They were spotted in northern Saskatchewan, and now they're believed to be like 1,700 kilometers away in Manitoba. And they're mm-hmm. they're not giving the exact timings of these locations because they're obviously tracking them somehow, mm-hmm. and they don't want to give away too much information but they're telling people if you see them do not approach them they're obviously dangerous people Mm -hmm. they look young they look innocent Mm -hmm. but they're not they did they did put out um what they're driving it's a gray 2011 toyota rav4 so Mm -hmm. that's really the only information that that the that the rcmp has put out there yes I mean, oh, yeah, the, he, they, oh! Here it says that the, that they may have even been spotted near Gillum, M A N. I'm mm-hmm. assuming Man- Manitoba, Gillum, Manitoba. Yeah. So they're on the run, and my question is why? Why do this? They were supposedly out looking for jobs, and now they've killed two, maybe three people, and are they just? 
saying, you know, screw it and we're going to do whatever the fuck we want, that sort of thing. What what are they doing? Well, the only thing that I can come up with, and it's pretty much what, what I've read, is that they're going off of forensics, witness identifications, something that's pointing to to these two kids, that, um, Briar and Cam. Um, it's not to say that they're guilty, but if they're running, then they're running from who? Are they running from the law or are they running from somebody else? I mean, are we, yeah. are we talking like... Well, like a, but my a, question is just why... If they did it, why? Are they just on Money? a on a killing spree? Maybe they ran out of gas. Maybe they ran out of money. And there's China and and uh, what's his name? Uh, Lucas. Lucas sitting on the side of the road in their van. Yeah. And... But then and then they didn't take their van. You know. Then they went and maybe this car that they have now is the third person's car. That's a possibility because they 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 burnt out their uh night they burnt out the truck that they were mm -hmm. driving isn't that what I read? Yep. yep. Yeah. So we have a burnt out vehicle, the two homicide victims, a third victim, and we're looking for two um, young males uh, in a Toyota 2011 Rav4 gray. I predict they'll be found soon. I don't. I could not imagine without them trying to go and hurt somebody else or try to rob a convenience store or something that they're going to get very much farther. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I just it's hope they don't hurt anybody else. Yeah. Okay, so um, I haven't seen it. But no, I ha it, oh yeah, here it is, and I'll make sure to put put it out on in the in uh the vault, uh where we're following this. Um, the police sketch of the man whose body was found near the two teenagers' burnt-out truck has been released. Oh. He's between age fifty and sixty, with a heavy build, gray hair, and a beard. Could be between five eights and five ten tall. And they're keeping tight-lipped about, tight about the man's identity. I'm, I'm excusing me. <laughs> uh, the, they're, they're being tight-lipped about the man's identity. Um, I guess there was a pre press conference today. I didn't. I missed it. I, I was running errands today. And I, as you know, I have had other things on my mind today. It's been a heavy day. But uh, I didn't. Did you see a press conference today? I saw that there was one. I didn't watch it, though. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it sounds like they're just still looking for these two kids. And yep. that's... I know that um, Lucas's father is devastated. Um, and he is... Um, he's, he's in touch with the RCMP. And that's the Royal Canadian Mountain Patrol... Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah. Anyways, but uh, so um, uh, Chief Inspector Stephen Fowler is Lucas's father's name. And he says, please contact police with whatever little, however, however little amount of information you may have. It, it just may 
may bring the people that did this to, to justice. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on that. And again, that is in the vault. So, Mr. Robert Kelly. Ew. Boo. What's up with him? Let me know. Tell me. Uh, okay. Oh, you want me to talk about him? Because I could go all day. Yeah, you I can ahead. tell you right now, this man ain't going to be, be believing he can have his computer because that's what he wants right now is his computer mm. so that he can finish an album he's working on. Lord, let me let, let, let me just get there. Let me just go go take a little peek here because I have I, I've been I've I've been I've been internally screaming in my head for a few days now because like all this stuff is coming up and and. And, you know, people have their theories and they want to talk and whatnot. And I let people talk. You know, the Justice for R. Kelly Victims group that we have for Crime Connect. It's it's a pretty mild group, too. And it's it's been mainly just it's been mainly just facts. Um, we have the crisis manager, R. Kelly's crisis manager. Not only does he say that he d wouldn't let his daughter anywhere near near Sylvester the molester. He does. He has now resigned. He's quit. He's yeah. no longer the crisis manager for R. Kelly. And for personal, uh, for personal reasons. And let me tell you, I bet you those personal reasons is he ain't getting paid. And he's going to protect his daughter. But so well, R. Kelly. Yesterday, he made that comment to Gail King. He's, she asked if he would leave his daughter alone with R. Kelly. And he said no. Yeah, And then today he's saying that that was taken out of context and he believes R. Kelly a thousand percent, but he's also resigning <laughs> so. for personal reasons. Uh, uh. Yeah. I, I do think it's funny because I, I mean, we, we, we gif and we meme a lot in groups, but when it came to, when it came to R. Kelly's lawyer saying that the singer wants a computer so he can finish his latest album, I was just like, no. No, you ain't flying. You can't believe you can fly. Those chains are going to hold you down and you're going to go down because you've got mm -hmm. federal charges against you. And everybody, I don't think one person actually said one word and there's like five comments on the thread and they're all gifts of like, uh, yeah. no. We're all just like, it's they're just all so just like, it is. What, what, what? People think that nobody owes them anything. Yeah. A lot of people think that people in jail and in prison have have access to the internet and stuff and it's not actually true they have closed circuit networks where approved content is on them it's not the actual internet you know what i mean um yep. and usually this is only in prison and not in jail do um, you know the you idea that oh, he could just ahead. have a computer to work on his album what about everybody well, else he can Okay, hold on. I do have something to tell you about that. I, this is a little bit of my history of, of working at that one store that used to be all about all about the music. Okay, I'm just gonna. Mm -hmm. That's all, that's what I'm gonna say. Um, so you know that uh, Tommy Lee was he went to prison for a while, right? Right. Um, Pamela Anderson Lee, his uh, I believe it was his ex-wife. She had it set up that. Mm -hmm. um, calls were automatically allowed to her phone and he would sing into mm -hmm. the answering machine yep so he was he was making his, this. yeah yeah 
but and yeah. but it wasn't for Motley Crue. He, I don't know if anybody had the album. I I did. I kind of like some of the music. I did listen to it with my kids in my car. My son, because I mean he was a baby. He was starting to repeat words, but um, that was where Methods of Mayhem, the uh, album came out. Uh, the uh, music uh, album came out, but it was because uh, he. Uh, that's what he did. I don't know how. Like, I was thinking, like, how fast can you write an album and get it out after you're in prison? And, you know, I did some research and I found, figured, figured it all out. Because I, back in 99, you don't have a lot of that, that juicy gossip online like we, we have today, like TMZ and Page 5 and all that stuff. But <laughs> I, did, I did do some background into that. So if he wants to sing into somebody's, you know, answering machine, let him. Because I bet you without all that auto-tune and... Whatever else that he can get it done, and if, mm -hmm. and and if his cellmates love him so much and they think that he's a he he's being, you know, uh, railroaded, they can listen to him sing. Ma you know, maybe they could help him out, be the back chorus. Somebody could pretend to like, you know, strum a guitar, clink a can <laughs> on a on a bar, you know, tap their heels, you know, whatever. He's not don't uh uh no computer for him. No. It's ridiculous. He's so ridiculous. Yeah. He, is he is ridiculous. I, he is so far out there. He is so far out there in that in his mind that I he cannot be he cannot be fixed. That man is broken. No. There's he got away with it once, and here he is thinking all this is is just a it's a speed bump, and and I'll get over it, and I'll be back on my way. I don't think so, sir. I do not think so. Yeah. No. I. I will be very happy with life in prison for him. Mm-hmm. You just stay there. So, that's what happened this last week. Mm-hmm. And all of these cases we are continuing to follow. Next week, supposedly, because things can change, the trial for Michael Webb is supposed to happen. And Michael... Webb is the guy who recently kidnapped a little girl in Texas, and she was found in the hotel room with him. Uh, the one that they searched twice. Yes, that one. So supposedly his trial is happening next week. Originally, he had agreed to plead guilty, and he went into court and changed his mind and said he wasn't mm. pleading guilty. So they're going to trial, and I have that down as uh, next Monday. And we have a group for that one too, don't we? If we have living victims, I don't like to use their names in um, mm -hmm. in groups. the The group is called Justice for SS: The Case Against Michael Webb by Crime Connect. Oh, I totally forgot. What? I even wrote it down, and I forgot. I just wanted to give a shout out to Leslie for bringing us the Canadian Highway Murders story. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> Leslie! She's been on top of it since the beginning, and um, she's who originally brought it to our attention. And I love international stories, and we don't usually see them, so thanks. Right. Yes, thank you, Leslie. Um, so that's it for now. We will be back next week for another weekly update. And if you have any cases you would like to see um, specific podcast for just shoot us a message and we'll see you next week yeah all right bye bye bye
If you enjoyed this, please join our Crime Connect Facebook page. From there, you could join our main group, The Vault. And we have so many different case-specific groups. They're all listed on the Crime Connect page. I would love for you to join us and follow us. See you there.